got to go quickly. It's a draw. It's a draw. And then she gets it back. Oh, you kidding me? And the Sunshine Coast Lightning have achieved the unthinkable. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Inner Circle Podcast. In fact, Bianca Chatfield. It is our final one for the Suncorp Super Netball season and that makes me a bit sad. Oh, I know, doesn't it? But what a grand final to wrap up because I don't think any of us expected the result to be as convincing as what it was for the New South Wales Swifts to win in such a way. Uh, Incredible game by them. Well, let's have a look at just the raw figures on the margins at the end of the game. It was a 27-goal turnaround. The Swiss lost by 10 in that semi-final and came back and won by 17. So it was an incredible performance and I am very much looking forward to talking to our guest, Katrina Rore, about that, uh, about the things that they did to actually create that um, that turnaround. So, what <laughs> I think that's a really good get because Katrina Rorty has she's won, done everything. She's this done year. everything. The ANZ Premiership with the Pulse in New Zealand, the World Cup, um, obviously title mm-hmm. with the Silver Ferns, and now with the New South Wales Swifts. She has the golden ticket. She at the certainly moment. does. And you know, we have a lot of listeners over in New Zealand, yes. and we quite often get tweeted by our New Zealand listeners saying, "Get a New Zealand player on." And we've been trying and trying. <laughs> we've been trying to get Laura Langman but times always clash but we thought now Katrina walks away as a premiership winner so why not try and get why her get so her. we've got her and Sherelle let's find out if you say her surname correctly yeah I know <laughs> I'm actually going to ask her that because I'm I pride myself on trying to get these things right but and, and Laura, actually a shout out to, <laughs> I was getting on my way home um on Sunday I was in the supermarket like getting some snacks to watch the game yes. and I had two guys shout out to the boys come up to me and they're like what are you doing hurry up and get home for the grand final like, we listen to your it. podcast all the time oh, and they awesome. love our podcast so oh, don't worry I got my snacks and I enjoyed those during the game so I think what we're trying to say is that we've jumped off Laura Langman after trying to get her all Big year time. and we're firmly on the <laughs> Katrina Rode bandwagon but on Laura Langman how amazing was her speech at the end of that grand final she you know we have some amazing um role models in our sport we really do and Laura Langman you know sits above probably all of them Um, Mm. she was so incredibly gracious and um, just herself in that moment and it would have been a really tough thing to who knows what she's we haven't heard yet what she's doing next year um, with Nolene Tarua uh, not going on next year there was no doubt a lot of emotion that sat around that moment for her but she handled it incredibly well she did and you know what it's just not surprising to me because we do have such great model role models in our sport Uh, and I think quite often because the girls are so well spoken and you know it is really authentic that quite often it just gets dismissed because it's what we expect Um, but I think we need to appreciate it a whole lot more because we have some incredible athletes in our game and um, just the way she stood up there and spoke and it was so genuine and you just could see how much it meant to Mm. her and her team and what they'd gone through Um, but yeah I, it's, I think we need to put that out there more and more, um, how, how great our athletes are in netball. Definitely. Okay, and let's have a look at the grand final. What, what was it about the Swifts that, that created that 27-goal turnaround? Yeah, they'd done, you, clearly they had done their homework on the Lightning. Um, the key players for me um, 
defensively was Sarah Clough and how she stood up in those moments. She was getting her hands to balls that I don't think during the year she probably would have got a hand to them. But there was something about the way that they were playing defensively. Um, yeah, they were had each other's back. They had Katrina there who, you know, has only been there a few weeks. She's still <laughs> fitting in, but she f- looked like she'd been there for ages. Mm. Um, so I think Sarah Clough is definitely someone who I hope we find in the Diamonds team that's going to be announced soon Um, because if that's her now imagine her in like in the next couple of years she's going to be unstoppable yeah because don't forget she made her debut for the diamonds at the world cup yes very nearly into that space and she's obviously learned a lot in such a short amount of time because at the world cup you could see the emotions and how much pressure was on her and how much she felt guilty about Mm. you know not being able to win and not being able to get the intercepts on that stage Yet she seemed to be able to channel all of that into such a positive way on Sunday. Um, you know, she was a standout Which for me. is a mark of a very good player to be able to have that experience at the World Cup as a ju- as a real junior yes, and be able to then to still have that confidence to have the performance that she did on the weekend. And you, you talk about in a, in a team sport, you know, you want everyone to play their role. But when you look back at how Swiss played it, that's kind of what they all did. Just individually, they all seemed to take responsibility for what they had to do in their area mm, of the court. That's true. And they just like was like they had a great first quarter, but they were just you know slowly ticking away at that every kind of minute of the game. And you know that's what stood out to me too. Is just it was such a team effort. And Bryony Aikul, she's been an incredible coach this year. We've said Has it a few ever? times, but the way she just kept them going, her calm approach during all the timeouts, I just I wish she had been mic'd up for the whole game because she was so fascinating to listen to. <laughs> it would be so interesting to hear her. And you know that is off the back of a season last year for the Swifts, who you know they missed the finals. But they were losing games by only quite small margins, but Mm. they kept losing those games. When they were in a position to win, they just couldn't seem to do it. So I wonder if there's something in that experience that they had last year that has then kind of galvanised them a bit for this year to go, we're not letting that happen. And you could almost see the determination in them. Once they got those couple of goals ahead in the games against the Vixens, and we spoke about that last week, and then in this grand final, they were ahead um, early. Yeah. And they were just able to nail the moments and keep themselves calm and um, keep possession of the ball. And that, for me, has been a real feature of the team this year. Yeah, and Maddie Proud put herself on the line. And I hosted the launch of Super Netball in February and I interviewed all the captains. And Maddie Proud stood up there and said, the only thing that we accept this year is to win it. (laughs) <laughs> and so they hadn't even made finals last year. Wow. Yep. And she stood up there and I said to her afterwards, I'm like, geez, nothing like putting pressure on yourself. And she said, yeah, but we have to because we're sick of where we've been and we know we're building. And so we have to put ourselves on the line. And so I, I thought that was incredibly brave of her to say that because you can add a whole amount of pressure onto your team by saying stuff like that. Yep. Um, but good on Maddie Proud because yeah. she absolutely called it. And I, and I think that's what I mean by the experiences that they have had in the previous city, particularly last season, that that stuck in their side. Yeah. And you could, you could see that this year. You could see that they weren't going to allow that to happen again. And, you know, they were rocked very, by some significant injuries. Now, when you can replace those injuries on court with – two internationals, yeah. Natalie Haythorn-Thwaite and Katrina Rore, well, perhaps the impact isn't as great as what you might expect. But 
it still shifts how you operate. It still shifts the dynamic both on and off the court and they were just able to cope with those challenges that were thrown at them. What about the attack end, Sherelle? You would have been watching that closely. What did you think? Especially, yeah, I mean, definitely. Sam Wallace, player of the uh, match. Yeah, well, she was outstanding, wasn't she? she I mean, what, what a change for her. Um, she only shot 16 goals in that semi-final and then was able to come out and shoot 40 from 44 and was an absolute focal point yes. for them and that was that was the real key she was just in, incredibly strong but for me you know I actually you know I love my stats yes, and I did do. have a bit of a look at some stats um when comparing the semi-final and the grand final and there were two things that stood out for me um Paige Hadley's performance mm-hmm. against Laura Langman in the semi-final she only found nine goal assists all oh, right um so probably struggled to get herself into a good position uh, in the grand final, 20. Wow. So she was just able to create those spaces and, and find herself in a good position um, far better in that grand final performance. And the other one for me um, was another Swiss player. And you mentioned Sarah Clow, but for me it was Maddie Turner. Mm. Maddie Turner had zero game balls in the semi final, three in the grand final, but the thing that really stood out for me is her direct opponent and the impact that she had on the game. Steph Wood shot 22 goals in the in the semi and only eight in the grand final. So not only was she getting her hands on the ball a few more times and getting those game balls, she played a great shutdown role. And you would know this, being a goalkeeper yeah. sitting at the back of that, when you have got someone doing a really great job of shutting down the influence of the goal attack, it just makes your job easier because the ball is coming in perhaps in the way that the, the attacking team doesn't really want it to come in. Absolutely. And it's that combination that they've got going together where you don't even have to talk a lot of the time. You intuitively know what each other's doing mm. and you can cover each other's backs. And that's definitely, that was a standout for me too, is just the way they work together. Um, and it allowed Sarah Cloud to come out and fly at a lot more balls because she knew that Maddie Turner and Katrina were doing the shutdown roll out the front for her. Yeah, and... So they were the two real keys for me for for the Swiss in that game. And but as you, as you said before, I mean Natalie Haythorn Thwaite. I mentioned her, and I shouldn't understate the impact that I think she's had. She has been outstanding um, since she has returned into this Swiss lineup. Mm. So she she's been doing some really great work. And you know Helen Housme has had that injury concern after the World Cup. So you know they've had some disruptions, but. They were, it was a complete performance. It was. And I want to touch on the leadership element of what happened during that game and the season for the Swifts. So you have your captain in Maddie Proud, who we've spoken about many times, go down with an injury and she seemed to be the heart and soul of that team. The fact that Paige Hadley could then step up and take over the role, but they could keep Maddie Proud on the bench playing a similar kind of coaching role, supporting role, not a lot of injured players could do that because they've got their own mental Mm. battles around disappointment, not being out there themselves, not getting a grand final themselves, all of that. However, the Swifts have done it in a very clever way. I don't know how they're particular, what conversations they have had, but um, Coxie did a great interview with both Maddie and Paige straight after Mm. the game. 
And Maddie was just so happy and so proud of the girls and it was just like she was exactly part of that team, yep. even though she did not you step on that court. You could see the influence she had on that team. Absolutely. And and to Paige Hadley's credit, the way she kept on the side, the way she led them, the way that she, you know, she was out there guiding them out there on court, keeping her cool too, but allowing, you know, Maddie to have that inclusive role. They've just found a really good balance and I don't want anyone to underestimate um, I guess how hard that is to do to find that balance that suits everybody when you're an injured player and when you're you know the captain on court trying to uh, make sure the team is under control. Um, I, yeah, I think they've really done that fantastically well. Yeah, and it's been it has been really good to watch. Really interesting to watch that that process. And you know they go through this grand final and. Bonus points don't count, obviously, in a final <laughs> series, but the Swifts won every quarter. They yeah. won all four quarters, and that has been another thing that they have done extremely well this year is that they've just chipped away and they've won each quarter. So they've given themselves just that little bit of extra gap each time. And Now, of course, they didn't win every quarter they played, um, but that is something that has been, you know, that consistency, I think, that they've they've Everyone talks about that in elite sport or any sport. You want yeah. to be consistent. You want to be able to quarter to quarter, be able to back up your performance. And I think that they did that did it really well. And you don't have to be flashy. We see teams out mm. there try different things that, you know, might work sometimes and might look great, but the Swifts do the basics well they and they do them really well and they have this patience about how they play. They're happy to feed it around 20 times if that's what it takes. And so to any junior team out there, like that's what you should focus on, Absolutely. the simple stuff because it isn't a, the flashy stuff will only win it for you occasionally but the simple stuff will win it for you more times. And that's right. And on the lightning side of things, um, we must mention Nolene Taru. I know mm-hmm. I did uh, previously. Um She's had the golden touch in the um, Suncorp Super Netball, unfortunately not for her this year. But what an influence she has had on the sport, obviously in New Zealand, but now in in Australia. It's Her legacy is huge, isn't it? Yeah, it is massive. And it's been great that we've got to experience it firsthand because usually with the New Zealand coaches, you don't. Mm. You know, you only see them when Australia plays the Silver Ferns. So I think it's been a huge learning curve for probably both players in Australia but also um, for the coaches to see how she's been able to do that and then you know the best thing about the grand final for me is that we see Nolene Tarua as a mastermind and as a genius as a coach but you know sitting across from her in the court was Bryony Aitkell who's managed to create her own magic in her own way and you know who knows where Bryony Aitkell will go with her coaching career but it's been you know awesome to see her step up and how much the girls respect her as a coach. Yeah absolutely. Similar isn't it to what the Lightning girls are like with Nolene. Yeah, like they all just have this utmost respect and they want to play for their coach. Yeah definitely. Um so that's that's the Suncorp Super Netball done for this year, Bianca. It's um, suddenly over in a way. Um, let's talk about some of the figures because I'm always yes. really interested in, um, you know, how many people are watching and supporting our great game. We know how many people play netball um, at the grassroots level and right through those levels. We know that. We know it's very heavily, no, very popular yeah. from that front. And the question has always been how do we convert that into people coming to watch um, and people watching on TV. So, yeah. And we know Sue Gordian last year had that big push with Wake Up Netball, yes. get more people watching. And so are more people watching, Sherelle? Yeah, so I think that nearly killed Sue Gordian last year. <laughs> so she kind of took a little bit of a step back from that this year. Um, 
Yes, more people are watching. There, there's been some small increases in both attendance and TV, up about 2 or 3% on both of those. So, you know, I've got no doubt um, that the competition would have wanted to see some uh, bigger gains in those mm. areas, but still it's tracking in the right direction. So um, things are improving on that. Um, where they saw some really big uh, increases is ar- in, around the streaming. So both on Nine Now, yep. so watching um, the games on replay on that and also the Netball Live app. So they were up 34% and 27% respectively. So and that's just how we consume that's a, it. a lot of t- what we watch now, isn't it? Is yeah. that we watch it in our own time when we're ready rather than necessarily live at the time if other things are on. If other things are on. And, you know, I, I, I think that... Um, this the scheduling um, and the way those live matches are shown um, will continue to be a challenge for netball as it is for every elite sport um, and no doubt Channel 9 and, and Suncorp Super Netball and Netball Australia will be working really closely together to try and make sure that the games are accessible. They're mm-hmm. on at a, a good time, they're visible, you know, had the shift from gem onto the nine main station which was had a huge impact last year on the number of people watching um so that was a really positive thing so you know that there's lots of different challenges with go that go into putting those schedules together and who's on Channel 9 and who's on the um, Telstra, Telstra TV. Games. I've always wondered how they split up who's on the nine, yeah. who gets the nine game, who gets the Telstra games. Um, but I think if we do another podcast at some stage, I think we should get Keely Devery on, so former Australian yes. Diamond who heads up Channel 9 Netball, uh, who we've both worked with quite a bit. And uh, it'd be interesting to get her on just to chat about all of this, to hear what goes into it because it would be far more than we realise. That's right, because we sometimes go, oh, well, why wasn't the, you know, the Queensland Firebirds game on? I wanted to watch And, yeah. you know, it's not as easy as going, oh, we'll just pop that game on Channel 9. There's Yeah, you're right. And um, there's been a lot, that a lot goes on with trying to engage um, the viewership um, outside of just what happens on the game, yeah. on the game. So, you know, Keely has been uh, a big part of really pushing that and I think Channel 9 really need to be congratulated with what they've been able to do um, with two years to run on the five-year deal mm-hmm. um, with that partnership. Um, so hopefully that will continue to grow over the next couple of years. 900,000 people were reached during the grand final. Awesome. So big numbers. And a great time, I thought. Sunday, 1 yeah, o'clock, great really time to time. have the grand final. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, the other thing, of course, that's happening uh, in the not-too-distant future is the Constellation Cup Yes, uh, between the Silver Ferns and the Australian Diamonds. The Diamonds team is going to be announced tomorrow, Bianca. Do you think we'll see any surprises in that team? Well, we'll have to see some Charel. changes. We'll have to see some changes because April Brandley has announced her pregnancy. Kelsey Brown obviously has unfortunately had that uh, ACL rupture. So there are some forced changes there. Yeah. And keep in mind too, a lot of players who have, you know, had a huge year with the World Cup, we've spoken about that a lot. You know, I imagine there would be a few Mm. players that potentially need to be rested and who, you know, we won't know that until tomorrow, but, you know, who need a bit more of a break. So it could be a chance where Lisa might put in some other players that, you know, ones that are just knocking on the door ready to go um, rather than the lineup potentially that we had at the World Cup? Well, maybe. As as we say, there are going to be some changes because of those players coming out. Who knows about that 
um, load management or players having some time off. We'll wait and see. I'm not. I'm not sure about any of that happening. But um, so, will there be some surprises? I don't know. <laughs> I, I actually think it's really hard to pick which way they'll go, even with those two players, because there's some really great options. Yep. That is a really good thing. The other thing that we don't forget that um, the Diamonds or Netball Australia are running an Australia A program that's going over to play some international matches as well. So, And that's huge, I think, for the development of Australian players. Definitely. You know, we, we talk about the imports. We can't rely on Super Netball to be the only ground where we're developing players. There's got to be something else. So I think this Australia A competition um, tournament is a good idea to help with that. Yeah, definitely. And Netball Australia are absolutely doing a lot of work in that space, um, creating opportunities for the development players coming through. We don't have the under-21 Australian team kind of operating anymore. So um, some big opportunities there. So with that Australia A in place, does that impact who you're selecting the Australian Dimes team? I'm not sure. We'll wait and see tomorrow. Very much looking forward to to doing that. But keep in mind, Australia will want to pick a team that can beat the Silver Ferns. Oh, no doubt. They will be on a mission after what's happened at the World Cup. Yes. That will be their number one priority. Absolutely. And even the Silver Ferns. I mean, we haven't heard all the news come out of there too in terms of who they'll be running with. Yeah, what they're doing. But I'm so excited to have Katrina on. I cannot wait to talk to her and find out what life's been like for her this year. Yep. Well, let's jump straight into it. Katrina Rory, just after this. mentioned before the break, we are very, very excited to have our guest with us today. It is Katrina Rory. Thank you so much for joining us. And before we get into any of the amazing things that you have been doing of late, um, can you just uh, correct my pronunciation of your surname? Oh, that, was, that was really good. Yes. Well done, really Sherelle. Good. You've really dominated yeah. with that surname, Sherelle, over the, over the season. Well, I'm very excited about that because it has been something that I've been thinking really deeply about. So... <laughs> I'm really glad that I've nailed it. We, so we, can, we, can so but, it. we can butcher it, though, can't we, over here in Australia? Oh, it's been a few butchered, but um, that's fine. It's, you just ask Maddie Proud and she'll give you some version of my name okay. and it seems to work pro- totally fine. Uh, well, let's get into the important things, though, because what a 12 months, really, you have had on many, many fronts. We're going to talk, first of all, about the Suncorp Super Netball because that is front of mind after that premiership win on the weekend. What an incredible achievement from this group after what really was a very challenging year in different ways. Yeah, the, the Swifts, well now, the Swifts that I've been a part of have been through um, so many hurdles and so many obstacles this year. So even, I feel like, I think they were a complete write-off at the beginning of the season. Um, they won a few games and they got quite a few season-ending injuries to starting line-up players, having to bring other people in. Um, and just the way they fought through all their adversity and came through and, um, you know, we did end up losing our top spot. But I feel like in the end, that worked in our favour. We never got a week off. We had to keep playing. We had to keep pushing. And, um, yeah, it was amazing how much I feel like everything brought the, the team together and made them stronger. I want to know, Katrina, when you got the call up to come over to Australia to play for the Swifts, <laughs> how, what was it like? What were the team dynamics like? Because I know coming in as a player, it would have been difficult to know, you know where you kind of fitted, whether it be on court or within the team. But, yeah, what were the dynamics like when you walked in? I was definitely nervous, no doubt about it. I don't know anybody, like not one of them did I know. Obviously, I'm a little bit older than them as well. Uh, 
quite a young side, so I was coming in with, um, I didn't know if I was going to come to Sydney. My husband was the one that pushed me. He was like, you love a challenge, the top of the table. Who cares if you don't know anybody, just go over there and we'll just look at it as like an adventure. Yeah. Um, so that's exactly what I did. Went in there, um, but I was very lucky that, I think the first day I arrived, Maddie and Maddie both came out from the airport and from then, you know how much Maddie Proud can talk, which I love, um, <laughs> meant that I just like fitted in straight away. Well, we did have Maddie Proud on the podcast yes. a couple of weeks ago, so we definitely know how much she can talk and she has just got such an infectious uh, kind of personality, which is fantastic. But not only did you not know anyone in the team, I'm guessing that the structures were very different for you too um, in terms of the way the Swifts structured their defensive end as opposed to what you're experiencing in New Zealand. What was that like? 100% different. <laughs> <laughs> um, and especially because I'd only just started wingspan at the World Cup. Yeah. And so I was still trying to kind of catch my feet with that. And then coming into the Swift, and I came in as a wing defence, mainly wing defence and circle cover as well. Um, so again, even in my first training, and they're like, pass with one hand. I was like, I don't pass with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> This doesn't happen. Um, so that didn't change. I was like, I'm not changing what I've done for my lifetime. And they were, Brian was like, actually, no, don't worry about it. It's just two hands inside. Um, and then, yeah, obviously it's a very man-on-man, Australia very man-on-man dominant in their structures, and that's exactly what they do. But So New Zealand man-on-man is like kind of in your space, where Aussie man-on-man is you're in their space, you're on them. You know, you're not even an arms length away and get in their grill type thing. And for me, that was a massive change of having to do that constantly, like for a full 60 minutes. It's exhausting, it's, it's isn't it? It's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, but they did do a little bit of space, which I um, I found fun. Um, but then also with their space marking boxes and all that kind of carry on the defensive end is also totally different to ours as well. So even though I am kind of doing a New Zealand style, it's not really. It's an Australian style of space. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, so yeah, it was definitely definitely challenging, and I felt like I knew I was there to add a bit of experience and add a bit of a voice. But at training, I was just too busy thinking and trying to you know trying not to muck up and trying to understand what was going on. That I don't think I said too much in the first couple of trainings at all. We've got to sit back this season, especially, and admire. <laughs> You know, two coaches, one being Nolene Tarua, your Silver Ferns coach, but also Bryony Akel and what she's been able to do with that Swifts team. Can you give us an insight into what Bryony is like as a coach and, and how she might differ from Nolene? Bryony's amazing. I obviously came in here not knowing her at all. I had to Google her. I had no, no clue, <laughs> um, which is which was awesome because then I was just coming in here with a complete open mind of, of new coaching and seeing how it was, but um, she's very, you know, you can have a laugh with her, but then also you know that she means business. And But the way she does it, she's very calm and she can deliver a message and deliver it well so you understand and you're not, you know, you're not getting, not picked on, but, you know, not just getting, you know, hammered all the, mm. all the time. But also I feel like the last week, so after our Vixens game, leading into that Lightning game, was probably one of the best weeks of coaching I think I've had. They knuckled down what the Lightning were doing and how they were doing it, and we just spent our time on defensively. We're working on three things that we needed to shut down, and we just hammered that. Um, it was tough. It was definitely a tough week of training, but we were just, you know, that's what we had to do. And if we did that well, we knew we could get on top of them. And as I said, in the attacking end, I think they had two or three things to work on. 
um, and that's what they were going to do. And if we could nail, you know, those three in the den, even those three in the attack, then we knew that we were going to go in there and have a really good game. So I believe that that week really set us up for the way we played um, in that grand final. Yeah, because, I mean, we have spoken about this, but it was a 27-goal turnaround mm. from that mm, semi-final exactly. um, to, to the grand final win. Uh, and, you know, the game's over now. Tell us, what were, were there a yeah. couple of things that you can tell us to say these were the real keys? Well, we knew that um, the Lightning, especially, you know, um, Laura and Laura, they are great at resetting the ball. They're great at using each other yes. um, and, you know, screening each other and things. So, we, so, so for example, we definitely tried to, um, Laura in the in the pocket would reset and go straight back to the ball and they'll do the, you know, they do their moves that they do. So we knew that we had to try and at least either stop the reset or let the reset happen and then stop anything that happened after that because that was massive for them to, you know, they were so patient with the ball. So if we could just stop some, at least one link somewhere that we hoped that we could get on top of them. And, and you know, we were, we were, Paige and I were hammering that. We're like, you are doing that. And you are doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was really, it was actually to be fair, Paige is, she's an amazing player too. And she's one of those yeah. athletes that I think is so much talent and works so darn hard that she definitely deserves to be where she is and win a grand final. She um, yeah, is definitely somebody that, I wanted to help when, you know, this premiership, but obviously she did that all on her own. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, she's an amazing player. But, yeah, so I thought I'd get that off my chest now. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. And she, without question, stepped up in that grand final. And, you know, that they're the champion players, aren't they? They're the ones that really stand up when it counts and in those big moments. Um, I just, before we move on from your Swifts experience, I just wanted to um, get a bit of insight. You've experienced now that... Uh, Australian in one version of the zone style of uh, um, of defence, but also mm. that real one on one. What do you take back now into the Silver Ferns group? Do you think that there's something that you can add now that you've had that experience of living it? Uh, yes, no. I feel like probably not too much as in Knowles and Laws already already live it, um, so they've already kind of know exactly what's going on there, and, and I feel like it's a um, I'm an individual going to a team that does this already, so it's pretty much me as an individual going to another team to try and change a whole team, which I don't think that doesn't really make sense in our, in our structure or our, um, the way we roll in the school ferns, but I feel like potentially I could take some things that I've learnt to the pulse as we are together for, say, like a whole season and we can implement things slowly. Um, so I feel like in that sense I can probably take things more back to the pulse than, say, the school ferns. You personally, Katrina, like you've done everything this year, but the last couple of years have been tough for you. We've seen you mm. out of the Silver Fern side and, you know, out of favour, and then you've managed to turn it all around and have just one absolute epic year. Can you take us through, you know, what, what was the motivation to get yourself back, to get yourself fitter, to get yourself performing again for the Silver Ferns? Like where did that all come from and were you thinking about giving it away? Oh, 100%. I, um, after Com Games, even then, I was like, oh, this is a disaster. You know, like, oh, just, like, mental battles you have in mm. sport is, is massive. And I feel like that was probably my biggest hurdle after Com Games. Um, so I'm lucky I have a massive support crew. My husband and I just went to Fiji and chilled out. And I feel like that helped me get back into it and wanting to, um, I don't know, just kind of carry on. And then getting dropped from the ferns was another big, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I get married and then have a big high and then, oh, no, just kidding. You know, drop you from your lifelong career. Um, mm. So even after that, I was like, oh, should I just leave? Should I start a family? Should what? What do we do? Um, 
so I was just thinking of that. But then I had an amazing summer. Not going on the January tour was actually something that, in hindsight, I look back on, and it wasn't a bad thing. Um, I enjoyed my time. I haven't had a summer in about 10 years, so I got to hang out with my friends, my family, um, do all the stuff that you know normal people do, which was quite nice. And I was really refreshed into um, our pulse season. And I just went into that with not even caring. I was kind of already assuming I wasn't going to make World Cup. So it gave me a different light and a different um, attitude of heading into pulse season of just um, appreciating the season ahead and what I had. And, um, you know, it could all be gone so quickly. And it, I just wanted to have fun and wanted to win a premiership. And um, by being able to have form of our pulse team winning the premiership, I was able to get back into the World Cup side, which was awesome. But then, you know, as soon as I made the World Cup side, <laughs> I tore my car. Yes. So, so doing that and then not knowing if I was even getting on the plane, I was like, here's your dream back. And then it's like, no, I'm just kidding. I'll take that away. And then um, so rehabbing, like I don't think I've ever rehabbed in my life, you know, heading off to the UK doing um, car exercises, doing shuttles in the LA airport and transit. And, really? Um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then just getting to the UK. And then finally, I think the team had to be named on the 9th. I was given the all clear on the eight, so it was just a that that in itself was also a massive mental battle. I think I wrote quite a bit of it down, and I read back, and I'm like, man, I was in a massive whirlwind state in my own head. Mm. Um, so even that, but you know, won a World Cup, came to Aussie. Well, <laughs> so things kind of lifted up after that. But it, you know, that mental yeah. space. Um, I mean, it's such an interesting. Uh, topic and you know for elite athletes everyone experiences it very differently but it is really interesting you saying about that January time where normally you would have just kept grinding on and going away with the silver ferns and heading into another season Um, but I I think it's actually perhaps something that we do need to consider is is that time off for athletes can actually have such a profoundly positive impact on them. It's huge, and the thing is, I didn't change anything. Like I was already fit. I didn't get fitter or anything in that sense to get myself back into the ferns. I just started enjoying netball again because after obviously Con Games was, was like ridiculously terrible. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, being able to enjoy netball again, um, and over some I did different training, so I wasn't doing the same stuff. You know, I wasn't doing netball. I wasn't on the netball court. I was out in. And they played rugby. We went and did rugby. I went and did CrossFit. We just went and went for like runs and you know what I mean, just the fitness and exercise, but in a way that I wanted to do it, not the way I always had to do it. Yeah. Um. So it was that was very refreshing. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you talk a bit about that Commonwealth Games experience, Katrina, and one of the, the enduring memories for me is you being interviewed after that Maui <laughs> game, and <laughs> even just thinking about it makes me emotional because you know you were being thrown things like you know you girls don't have pride in the dress it doesn't matter to you and you know and I can't even imagine what that experience was like you've touched on it a bit then I am absolutely fascinated with the turnaround from that to what you were able to do at the World Cup because it was a complete mind shift was there an element of the, the pressure's off because everyone thinks that we don't care or or was there it was a bit more strategic around how you wanted to chip away at it and get yourselves back up into a position where you are now world champions yeah I think obviously the team I think there's maybe five or so different personnel changes yeah. management changes obviously coach changes 
Um, we've got a coach who had, just came in and had a plan. You know what I mean? Mm. And a plan is huge. And as soon as you have a plan and everyone buys into that plan and you can see where we're going and how we're going to get there, that in itself you buy into because there's a process, right? That's all you need as a player. You just need to know where you're going, how you're going to get there, and someone to lead you there. Um, and that's what we had. And then, um, and a coach who had massive self belief in us and our processes and our plan. And we we won because of that. And it's pretty it's pretty simple, but it it's hard. I feel like it. Not everyone has the um, has the skill to be able to do that. Katrina, before B jumps in, I, we can hear the announcements. Yeah, in the background. you're not going to miss your flight, Thank are you? Thank you so much for your time. We, we hopefully we can have you for a bit longer. But if you need, yeah, if yeah. you get called, let us know. I'll let you know. Another thing that you had to deal with was all, I guess, the pressure and scrutiny that Maria Falau was under going into that World Cup. What did you do as a team? Like, what conversations were you having to make sure that you could support her in the best way? So pretty much we had Cadbury Series before we went away for World Cup. So as soon as the whole team came in, we had a meeting, we addressed the situation, yeah, anyone could have their say, Rhea spoke, we all spoke, and then that was it. We were done. Um, Rhea was a part of our team. Maria is a huge, has a huge role in our team. Maria is Maria. Maria is an outstanding person, um, and she brings a lot to our side. So that, that was it, really. Mm. That was that was it. Yeah. That's what's really stood out from the outside, that you guys, all of you, no matter what, you had each other's back. And that's why when you won that World Cup, to see you celebrating, all of you, you've all been through so many different things. I think that was, you know, even as an Australian, we love to beat the Kiwis, but you sit back and you saw that moment and you were just like, what a powerful team of people mm. that you all are. No, yeah, exactly. Everyone wanted it and everyone wanted it for different reasons, but the same reason. That is terribly put by myself but like we've all been through our own um own crap in the last probably 18 months to two years people come in and now it's been you know what i mean like it's mm. been a whirlwind that you know we and we worked so hard to win that and we didn't rest at all until after that match because we knew that that's what the goal was and that's what we had to do and yeah i, I agree with you i think the emotion of everybody after that win was yeah, obviously just showed how much it meant to all of us. And, oh, man, it's not bloody great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is bloody great, I've got to say. And, you know, we've mentioned your last 12 months or so. It in- involved winning the ANZ Premiership with Pulse in New Zealand, the World Cup with the New Zealand Silver Ferns, of course, the Suncorp Super Netball Premiership with the New South Wales Swiss. I don't know that this has ever been done by an athlete ever before. Yes. So um, not only that, you mentioned it briefly before, you were married at the end of last year as well. So um, I want to know, we, can you rank the four? Please. No. <laughs> oh, that's rough. I'm we only joking. I am only joking. We didn't have to come first, though, guys. You know that. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to say that, don't you? But... <laughs> My husband is sitting beside me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you know, as I mentioned, you are um, at the airport and you've given us your time so um, really beautifully. Um, what is next for you? you? You're heading home now. What do you mm. do? Do you get another chunk of time off or you're, are you back into Silver Fern? work. Are you going to be back with the Swiss next year? Yeah, so we've got Con Cup coming up, so I can't wait to head back to Sydney for Con Cup actually and go see all my mates. Like I miss 
um, my teammates and Leonardo came friends with Brian and all that kind of stuff like that. It was such an amazing crew, but um, yeah, I've already signed for 2020 for the Pulse for next year. So, you know what I mean? I was, to be fair, I probably would have stayed because I've loved Sydney and I loved the challenge. I've been in New Zealand for so long. Mm. Um, I would have loved to have stayed, but um, my loyalty is um, with the Pulse, especially already signing with them. So, yeah, that's where I'm where I'm at next year. Well, very well, once the season's over, who knows what you'll do. Yeah. After that. <laughs> That's right. You might get another yeah. phone call depending on what's happened. Yeah. happened. You do have the Midas touch, it would seem, for taking home championships. Katrina, thank you so, so much for joining us. It has been an absolutely fascinating chat with you. Congratulations on all you've achieved over the last 12 months or so. And we're really looking forward to what happens yes. next too and watching with interest as to where you go. So congratulations and thanks once again. Oh, cool. Thank you too. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it. That was Katrina Rory. We were just chatting then about what an incredible interview that was. Oh, I don't know. She was one of the best. She yeah, one of gave my faves. such great insight, didn't she? Yes, she did. And, you know, I, I enjoy her honesty too, just mm. around, you know, Nolene comes in, she has a plan and how beneficial that is for the players to know what the plan is and what they have to do well that was one thing I took out of it and people listening if you're a coach out there um, anywhere at any level the New South Wales Swifts had a plan against the Lightning Mm. and they drilled it in the leading to that grand final and that is absolutely what the Silver Ferns did too so that really clear plan that everyone bought into yeah was led to some really great success. So that was some good insight from Katrina. Yeah, and I really related to her when she said about getting dropped and then having time away from the sport where you get yourself fit in a different way. You know, that I relate so much to That's exactly what I did when I was dropped from the Aussie team and I came back a much better player from having time out of the game. Well, not even a much better player. I think you kind of... Take a breath, don't yeah, you? Your and, and you? Yeah, your perspective changes yeah. and you're just a lot calmer and it's more about everyone else around you than it is about you and that's when you tend to play a lot better. So I think there's so so much value in giving the girls, if that some of the Diamonds girls take some time off, I think we all need to be okay with that because a lot of girls mentally need the time away from the sport to actually help them be better in the future. Yeah, I, I need a mental break from this podcast actually, mate. No, oh, do you? <laughs> Cheryl. <laughs> no, I don't. Although, you know, we are on an enforced break now that we've come to the I end know. of the Suncourt Super Netball season. No netty to talk I about, know. so we have to go on a little break. But <laughs> we want you guys to let us know if you want us to come back during the Constellation Cup um, to talk about the Diamonds and what's happening and throughout those games. So we'll leave it, I guess, to our audience to yes, decide. Yes, absolutely. So. Let us know. And huge thanks to RSN too for supporting us in this because it has been a really enjoyable thing to sit down Hasn't and chat at netball every week, Bianca, and it's been fantastic to get the engagement from people who are out there listening. Joe Pinotaro is out the back working the buttons for us, so he's <laughs> doing a great job. He takes great delight in listing all the ways and people can get on to this podcast, Spotify, sure, Google, I'll take us through it. Wooshka, iHeartRadio, <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, do I really have to say all that? And he's laughing at me. No, Sherelle, you don't. But And thank you for everyone that's given us uh, a rating on um, Apple Podcasts as well because that, that rating does help us. It, it helps people, the podcast become more visible to people. So we really appreciate the efforts and especially all those five starers. Oh, yes, that's right. We're still <laughs> sitting on uh, – no- 100% five stars except for one four star. Four star, yeah. That's so, okay. Uh, we're okay with that. We've, uh, we but haven't it, really been okay. But. <laughs> but it's been awesome. It's, I've loved 
uh, spending this time with you in the studio, Sherelle. Yeah, it's been great, Bianca. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll be back back. doing it again soon. (laughs) See you, everyone. Bye.